Sometimes in life you find yourself on the right side of the line, where the skies open up and cast a towering shadow, guarding you from the worst life has to offer. And then... That same sky rips away that warm blanket from your clutching arms and casts it into the night. Now, you are on the wrong side of the line. And that's why I'm here, to keep you in line. A line we call the Dry Line. Right in the... No, I'm not going to say it, but we just did get uh, through watching a compilation of that whole prank thing. F-H-I-T-P or something. I don't know. This is episode 34 of the Dryline Farmer podcast, and you don't even need an acronym for that. I am your host, Britt Carlson, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Landon. Lantoast, my co-host. Hey, hey, that worked out pretty good. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much, Brent. How are you doing? Oh, can't complain too much. It hadn't got me any further than it does today anyway. Uh, finally got the well from hell back in the hole. Um, got that pump, and it's pumping right now. Probably going to go check, check it here in a couple hours after we get through uh, recording this bad boy. But uh, once again, no rain. We were actually, and I know people get kind of tired talking about no rain i mean that's pretty old and not fresh but uh i mean we're we're all we're, i was fixing to say we're on the verge of history here but we're no longer on the verge of history we're making history we we made history like two months ago two months ago was when history was already made because i'm uh we're looking over our rainfall reports over the our, on our pivot track deal we've got they've got a rain gauge here on our neighbor and uh, it shows uh it gives you a weekly daily hourly uh accumulated rainfall i'm on the weekly chart because i mean the rain the one week and one month month of deal it can't they don't have increments small enough went back our last rain our last uh this whole when this whole thing started we had our last rain when the drought started 10 14 of 17 that is almost that's what eight months we said landing almost nine mm-hmm. since then i've had 1.8 inches of rain since then and uh this is an area of the panhandle where we usually get about eight inches in a 12-month period and um we've had a total of 1.88 inches so if you if you anybody wants to get in the bitching and moaning contest with me about the rain i'm pretty sure i've got the gold medal the top of the podium on that thing but uh that's always a fun thing to start out with is the rain but we're not going to go that anymore we're not going to belabor that unless landon's got something to say about it it sucks (laughs) well said landon well said well, hey, we're glad you're here on this episode 34. We want to remind everybody before we go any further where you can find the Dry Line Farmer podcast. That's on iTunes. That's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, even SoundCloud. Even SoundCloud's there. And uh, Twitter, you're going to find it. A lot of people find it on Twitter. That'll be on my on my handle. That's at Trader Brent. At Trader Brent and Landon. No twit Landon, 44. That's right. Landon's, Landon's getting big and broad on that thing. And... Uh, so yeah, those are all the greatest places to find us, but uh, the biggest place, the biggest, best advertisement we can ever ask for is to tell a friend about the Dryland Palmer podcast. Okay, got all that promo stuff out of the way. This week, we're talking, we're talking those farming nightmares, not the actual ones you've lived out, but the ones you've dreamt about, the ones you've laid in bed sweating at night about. 
And um, so we're going to talk about the ones we've had over the past few years. And uh, we're going to delve into that pretty deep. And uh, maybe we'll get a little Sigmund Freud action going on in here and see what these nightmares actually mean. So uh, that's your that's your big topic for this week. Farming nightmares. We thought about asking the uh, Twitter verse Twitterverse about the, their farming nightmares, but you know what? We didn't get any response. So to hell with you. We're going to do our own. But uh, so that's that's our big segment too. Um, before that, we'll have uh, Dan Glee. He's going to make a re- a reappearance. Dan Glee, as you might remember, is the uh, he's a cattle buyer down there at the Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. And he's going to get he's going to be our he's our sponsor this week. The Big Lake Cattle Auction is uh, sponsoring this week's ver- uh, version episode of the Dryline Farmer Podcast. So we're happy to have him back in uh, back in our headphones. And then Radar Ricardo had a pretty tough week last week, but. He found some zen. He is calm. He is at he is at that point of serenity now. So you're gonna have a you're gonna hear a whole lot more calm version of, of Radar Ricardo. So uh, we're we're real excited to have him kind of back on the planet Earth. But uh, so that's all coming forward right now, Landon. Um, before we go any further, too, I want to plug the Moving Iron podcast. I did an interview with them last week that we recorded, and it's going to drop tomorrow. Actually, the same time as uh, this episode will the Driveline Farmer podcast. So. I did an interview with uh, Casey Seymour, I believe, and uh, it was a. They have a really neat podcast over there. They talk equipment dealing and um, you know a lot of farming too. And then we this week we talked trade and tariffs and all that nonsense. Um, I think I even talked down how not everybody needs to go to college. So be sure and listen to that tomorrow. That's the Moving Iron podcast. And um, also, I got to do a little production today too. Uh, made a sizzle reel. And if you don't know what a sizzle reel is, it's about a 15 to 20 second spot about advertising your podcast. And we used it. We made one just to kind of get our name out there. And uh, so it was kind of fun. And I got that made. And we're going to have that uh, out on the open airwaves here before you know it. So it's all, it's all, uh, man, we're, we're growing here. Landon, aren't you excited? Oh, I'm real excited, Brand. It's always, it's always good to be somewhat successful at something. Well, you know, we've all got to have a reason to live. So, I mean, why not, why not podcasting? Oh, that's true. But uh, yeah, so uh, we did all that. It's um, it's kind of fun to step out and to um, do a little different. I mean, obviously, podcasting is a lot different universe than what we're we're used to. But so, Landon, I'm looking at our notes here for our segment one. I've got platforms, tell a friend, preview the farming nightmare segment, plug the moving iron podcast interview, and at the end here it says testicle talk. And finally, I mean, I you you've been bugging me about this the whole time, Landon. But I, I've always I've kind of dug my heels in. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a touchy subject. reason I bring it up, the other day we were working cattle. And um, you, you get real philosophical when you're working cattle. And so I'm walking around. My brother, he does the, he does the literal nut cutting. And uh, so he's throwing testicles over his shoulder. He's, you know, underhand and tossing them. And you're, all you're doing is trying your best to uh, dodge every nut that flies your way. Well, anyway, they, of course, they get on the ground everywhere and everything. And I'm walking by, and I step on one, and I slip and almost fall. Which got me to thinking, Landon, if you slip on a, a testicle and hit your head and die, what do you think St. Peter's going to say when you make it up to the pearly gates? Well, I think first of all, it sounds like those cows' gonads make you go mad. But <laughs> It just never stops with your puns, does it? <laughs> yeah, but I think St. Peter would probably say something like, you know, welcome home, but you, you failed the testy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St. Peter's probably going to say, well, I guess that was the final ball that dropped, huh, Brent? Well, anyway, so I got real philosophical about it. I'm mean, like, if you slip and fall on a testicle, I mean, and the, what's a, uh, there? Everybody reads an obituary, and at least me, when I read a, an obituary, Landon, 
and it doesn't say how they died. I mean, unless they're like 95 years old or 105 years old, you kind of know what, you know, what went down. You know, they weren't, <laughs> you know, they weren't evil Knievel roller skating with, you know, rockets on the bottom of their rollerblades. But, uh, and by the way, did you watch that deal? Was it not before last uh, on History Channel? That guy was like jumping, trying to break evil Knievel's record. I didn't, I didn't see the actual event. Well, it was a pretty big nothing. I mean, the guy cleared the ramp by like 30, he like got on the bottom side of the fall uh, of the far ramp by like 30 feet. It seems like I've seen those cross, uh, dirt cross guys that you travel further than that. But, and you know, I was looking at all those videos of Evil Knievel. I mean, let's, let's be serious. Evil Knievel was a badass, but he wasn't a very good badass because he crashed like how many times? I mean, aren't the good ones supposed to like land it every single time? Yeah, you'd think so, but nothing nothing beats the movie Hot Rod. The movie Hot Rod goes into this, and it's it's great. I'm going to have to see that. Is that on pay-per-view? I bet you could find that just about anywhere, but it's a great movie. <laughs> well, I'll have to check out Hot Rod. But yes, yeah, so I'm watching that, and I'm just like, I mean, Evil Knievel was cool. I wouldn't have never done anything that stuff, uh, never done any of that kind of stuff, but dude kind of wrecked a bunch. I mean, he wasn't a very good badass. I mean, he did kind of finally accomplish stuff, but... I don't know. Maybe he's just doing it for the. <laughs> Maybe he was just doing it for the. You know what? Yeah, Brent. My my experiences jumping and jumping things with a bicycle would be like Napoleon and um, Pedro. Napoleon and Pedro. Pedro going off that sweet ramp. Yeah. You got like you got like three <laughs> inches that time. You ever taken off any sweet drums? <laughs> hey, can I check? Can I try it really quick? <laughs> I actually watched that. That movie was on the other day, and I actually watched that thing. I forgot how awesome that thing was. You should mention to all our farming listeners about the DTN machine on the house. That and see, that's what put me over the that's what put me over the top on that thing was the DTN machine. And so far, even to, in 20, 2018, that is by far the makes that movie a standalone cult classic if there ever was one. The, Easter eggs ever in a movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah. I mean, but of course they don't show the actual computer. And I love how it's a DTN machine and not a computer or a satellite dish. It's an actual machine, like you know, like it's <laughs> you know, like it's peeling potatoes at the same time or something. <laughs> but uh, and whenever I watch that movie, and this is not Atlanta, this is not part of testicle talk. So you know, thanks. But uh, nonetheless, you know, I always tried to figure out if that movie was supposed to be set in the past or in the present. And the more I watched it and actually researched it, some that thing was actually set in the present time, which was what. Like in 2005, 2004, 2000, what studio released it? (laughs) It was uh, an independent, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Was it a happy Madison production? (laughs) Not testicle talk. Don't you, don't you remember the parts where they're talking about their tots? That's right. Anyway. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, classic movie, classic movie. But so yeah, back to testicles. Um, (laughs) So, you know, you go up to heaven. So let's say, okay, so let's say you're um you're a bad guy and um you're a bank robber and so but you're you live in england and your only weapon you, you know you can't have a gun your only weapon is the calf fries from last week's roundup and um so say you hit somebody you know they don't they don't hand over the money the cashier doesn't hand over the money you've got like four pairs in each hand and you just start hammering them down and you froze them okay because i mean what's what good is a is a rock is a raw gonad gonna do you in a bank holdup? So, so you, yeah, you hit him, you knock him out cold. Of course, you get caught because all the robbers get caught. You go to prison. One guy sitting next to you, you know, he cut up three people and put them in his freezer. The guy on your left, he he embezzled fourteen billion dollars from an Arab government that's got like eighteen different gangs inside the prison after him. And uh, you're all telling your stories, Landon. What 
first of all, what are they going to charge you with? I mean, obviously, bank robber, but is it uh, is it assault with a deadly weapon too? I don't know. I'd, if if you get a if you get arrested with having a handful of soggy nuts in your hands, I, I'd be more I'd be more afraid of what's going to happen to you in prison once once people find out what you've done. Of course, I mean at that point, if your chosen if your chosen weapon is is genitalia, you know, chances are you're already going to be pretty salty made for the for the prison uh, you know for the prison yard. I, can you imagine what the nickname they're going to give you in prison might be, Landon? Probably something like the Teabag of Terror. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you, ma- can you imagine? I mean, that's going to give you a lot of street cred to begin with, but say you walk into prison and they let you keep your cape and <laughs> it has TT on the back of it, you know, everybody's going to know who you are. Oh, yeah. The private part pirate strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a, It's pretty sharp. I like it. Well, hey, enough of that. We're getting to Dan Glee. Raider Ricardo, and you're about to hear what Landon dreams about at night. All of that after this short break. And after a long absence, we're back with our good buddy Dan Glee from the Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. Dan, we're sure glad to see you again. How's it going down there, my brother? Well, I tell you, Brad, it's been a long time coming, Brad. I don't know where the hell you've been for the last seven months, but I tell you what, it's it's drier down here than a popcorn fart, rent. We got cattle coming out of our ears down here. I don't know where the hell all these people been. What damn promotion? Hell, you always talk about getting paid by all these damn sponsors. Well, by God, here we are. You even asked us to bring the check in two weeks ahead of time before you even drop this first spot. Well, Brent, market report down here. I tell you what, it's pretty damn weak, son. We got this all this tariff trade talk going on. That damn Trump, I don't know what the hell he's gonna do to this market. It's from one tweet. We just live one tweet to the next down here at Big Lake, Texas, and we ain't hardly got no damn bandwidth to retweets. Brent, cows and bulls, slaughtered cows and bulls, oh, that's hitting that damn kill floor like you can't imagine. Shit, we just stand here giving these sons of witches away. Feeder calves, feeder heifers, feeder steers, all doing a little bit. They're a little firmer this week. We got them up $2 from last week. Hell, them fat cows, we even sold a few fat cows down here last week, Brent. I noticed them for the damn futures in the July, hell, not the August contract, $1.545. Hell, we're selling cash cattle up here for $1.14. You tell me what the hell is up with that, Brent. Huh? Dollar for that's like a nine dollar basis, Brent. These seven bitches are making money on the calves and the hedges. That's a Texas, I don't know, they say something about Texas hedges down here. I don't really know what the hell that means, but nonetheless, these damn, these damn feed yard cowboys, hell, they's even got, they even bought pens and making money on it. They gotta pay that damn team roping bill. They gotta pay, they gotta pay them damn interest fees. I guarantee you, we ain't got a damn team roper over here that could, they couldn't rope a damn dead bull if it was hanging from an elm tree, Brent. Well, I'll tell you what, that's about, we did some hogs last week coming through here. We had to lower the fences a little bit, but that's a completely different story, Brent. Hey, thanks for thanks for having us on the Dry Down Power Podcast. We wanted to remind you that this week's podcast is brought to you by the Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. You come down here and we, you bring your cattle down to the Big Lake Cattle Mart and we'll market. And like we like to say down here, you bring your cattle down here and we'll market the piss out of this cattle print. Every week we send out flyers and pamphlets. Big Lake Cattle Mart, Big Lake, Texas. Back to you. Hey, 
Ah, yes. Hey, this is Radar Ricardo de la Serio, bringing our Dryline Farmer Podcast weather update. Ah, serenity, peace, happiness, love, mucho amore. Oh, Brent, you don't know how wonderful this is. After last week's, after last week's debacle, I went and found me some counseling. Oh, yes, Brent. It's wonderful. It's so nice to live this way. Yo quiero Radar Ricardo. Yes, Brent. Oh, you're my brother and I love you. Hey, this week's weather forecast. It's really wonderful and great, Brent. Sunshine. Feel the warmth and the love. Feel it coming from the rays into your skin, vato. It's so wonderful and moving. Hey, it may not rain on you ever again, vato, but hey, you have the power of the sun. Harness the love that it gives you, my vato, my cabron. It's so wonderful. Sure, you may have to get a job in the city, but hey, at least you'll have the love. You'll have the sun love, my vato. My, my mijo, or whatever, I don't know, I'm from, I'm Mexico, I'm not like, I'm not an Argentinian or nothing, but, oh yeah, this week's sponsor, hey, this is my good friend, Dan Lee, he is a wonderful man, yes, go down to the Big Lake Cattle Mart, Big Lake, Texas, it's such a wonderful, loving place, you take your vacas, you take your pollos, man, they'll sell it all, Love. This is Radar Ricardo de la Serio. Back to you, my friend. Hey, man, this is scary. The last week, Vato, man, he's been. Ricardo's really flipped his lid this time. All right, Ricardo, man, that is so much nicer. Man, that's a voice you can fall asleep to. It's just so peaceful, so calming. We need to we need to keep you on the current medication level that you're on right now. So, hey, farming nightmares. We're talking it. We're dreaming it, and you're going to love it. Farming Nightmares. Here we go. Maybe that's the music that Radar Ricardo was listening to, because that man, that's dreamy. Well, hey, Farming Nightmares. We're talking them. Here we go. Landon, this one actually I had here a few months ago, and it was, it was as all nightmares, dreams are, they're weird. So I'm in, the, I'm in the tractor, and this is actually, I think, right after planting season, and we got all the corn and the cotton in. But uh, so... Fall asleep, have a dream, going down this, for some reason I'm going down this narrow turn row with our big freaking like 60 foot wide planter. And I'm driving along, looking around, actually I'm looking on my phone. I know I'm looking on my phone because even in my dreams I can't put the phone down. So I'm probably checking Twitter or something like that. And all of a sudden, which comes out of nowhere because trees in the Texas Panhandle are very hard to find. And they kind of jump out you, jump out at you like a squirrel does. Anyway, driving down, and I'm, for some reason I'm coming down the turn row with the planter completely unfolded, and I freaking just demo this thing. I fold this thing all the way around this tree, crater, and, I, and like I can physically feel it in my sleeping body, just cratered up. We're never going to get the corn planted in now. We're never going to get the cotton in the ground. The whole place is going to be a loss. Everything's going to be screwed. I'm going to be working for. I'm going to be working on a corner somewhere on down there at Milo Center. And let me tell you, there ain't much quality traffic going around for a guy trying to turn a trick. <laughs> Landon, your turn. Well, this first dream that I have a lot, and I've had it a few times, is 
you know, I'm driving out to my farm to go check the corn. And, you know, on the way out there, I'm listening to the Dryline Farmer podcast. And I what get a out- nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And I get out there and just some random guy's out cutting all my corn for silage. And I, I don't know where it's going. He's, he's, you know, three quarters of the way done or more. You can't make him stop. You don't know where it's gone. It's just the, the whole year's done. And he probably screwed you on the moisture, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's a living nightmare every day. Now, you know, it seems like I've had that before where, yeah, I what, what is it? Somebody's, yeah, and I don't like, they're, they're harvesting my crop and I don't do anything about it. Like, I just kind of stand there and watch it happen. I don't go after a gun. And, and I don't know about you, but in all my dreams, I can't run fast. I can't move anything fast. Like, it feels like it feels like Darth Vader is, like, holding the force on me, and I can't move at all. You can't even you can't even throw a gonad at him? Well, I can, but it's in slow motion. Yeah. It just kind of, wah, 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 goes through the air. It even makes that sound effect. But, yeah, I, I've ha- actually had people harvesting my crop, and uh, I just stand there and don't do anything about it. But, yeah, that, I think I bet that's a kind of a common dream a lot of farmers have, but you know, most of mine have to do with, you know, busting up equipment or something. And this is not a nightmare. This is actually a real, a real acti- uh, activity. This actually happened IRL. Go, go Google that. I'm spraying one day and going around the corn and, uh, I'm looking on. So I'm getting up in between where the circle kind of meets up against this turn row and barbed wire fence. And I'm looking, I got my boom all the way up. It's like a hundred foot sprayer boom. And then I've got not only to have the sprayer boom up, but I've also got both wings, like both outside booms tilted all the way up so these guys are like freaking 15 or like 25 feet off the ground and i've got one boom going over the corn and i've got one boom going over the barbed wire fence trying to miss it all looking i mean i'm looking like crazy and all of a sudden and i know there's this old abandoned well in front of me but i know it was it was covered up it was filled in and i just as i think that it's filled in i look down and i turn off that front right tire into it and I just hammer back on the hydrostat and sit there. Anyway, and of course, nobody is here. Nobody, everybody's either showing calves. Somebody's at the lake over in New Mexico. And it's just me. And so I call up my wife. And this is when our first kid, our first boy is like just like a year and a half old. And um, there's no pulling it out. It's, a, it's not just super deep in there, but it's bad enough where it's just going to demo it. So, but you can't pull it out because it's so far in there. If you pull, all you'll do is break off the front tire. So we have to go get a wheel loader and have to, and my wife, which doesn't have any experience on it, has to get on it and she has to lift and turn as I pull back on the hydrostat to get out from underneath or to get out of this hole. Um, so after, you know, 30 minutes of, uh, 30 minutes of worrying and work, it finally, we get it out without any incident only to when I get it out to look down the hole and it's like, 50 foot deeper, 50 foot deeper than I, even I feared it was. I thought it maybe, you know, might go down 10 or 20 feet, which is obviously about enough. But that was a nightmare that I probably might have dreamt about sometime before that and just forgot about it because you forget a lot about your dreams that if you don't wake up. They say what? If you don't wake up right after a dream, your dream, you're going to forget it. But if you like sleep, dream, and then you go to sleep for the rest of the night, you're going to forget it. But yeah, so there's a little bit of a, I, that dreams fascinate me. But yeah, so, but the actual, uh, another actual dream I had, and this was just a few weeks ago as well. And it's with <laughs> Landon, what is really scary? And this is how bad there's actually two scary parts to this story for me as a no tiller. <laughs> I've, I've had nightmares where I got up and my dad was out plowing a field that I hadn't plowed in like 10 years and I just completely go ballistic. And I mean, 
I, I'm literally shaking in my bed because somebody is ruining my no-till program. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, how sad is that? I mean, get a life for real. But so, no, I've had the nightmare of some, uh, some tiller plowing my field. But, uh, but the actual bad, terrible nightmare was when I was not only plowing, as bad as that is, I was just plowing, and then all of a sudden I turn around and I see my two little boys, six and seven years old, just jumping around and playing around on this plow as I'm plowing this field that I haven't plowed for 10 years. So not only am I terrified of, you know, killing my own two sons, but not only that, I'm killing the organic matter that I've worked so diligently for the last 12 years to build up from one and a half percent to 1.65%, <laughs> which let me tell you, Landon, is a nightmare in itself. <laughs> okay, your turn, brother. Yeah, that's pretty rough. All right, so if I got to do a real one, this was about six years ago, and it was early one morning, and I was going out to check my sprinkler, and I'm at the pivot, and this is this is late August. Corn's tall. It's getting close to being done, and I see something moving about 100, 150 yards down on the edge of the cornfield, and it, it doesn't look natural. Like Something's kind of like moving back and forth, and I don't know if it's like a guy down there looking at me or, or what it is, but it, it looks colorful. So I get in my pickup, get a gun, you know, I'm ready for ready for action. And I drive down there and there are six balloons like stuck on a corn stalk floating in the air like like a couple blue and red and yellow balloons just hanging there. Landon, this is just the movie It. Well, that's what I thought at the time. This is before the remake, but oh, okay. it was terrifying. And then like 3 weeks later there was a black balloon on the barbed wire fence next to me. So it was creepy. That is, that's uh, see. I, I didn't even I for, didn't even catch the fact that it was a real. So what do you think it was? I don't know. I'm, my first thought was I went back to like second grade when you like make one of those care packages or like prayer deals with all the balloons and you, I don't know if you, I'm sure you didn't do this at your school and like you send it up in the air and you think the balloons fly to China and they like get this good message. No, um, Landon, I didn't ride the short bus to school. So my initial thought was it, it was either a care package meant from third graders meant for overseas and it landed at my farm or it was, you know, one of my buddies or somebody playing a trick on me. And as far as the black balloon, a few weeks later, I, I have no idea. Uh, you, well, you didn't really move until that burning cross showed up in your front yard, did you? <laughs> yeah. Time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just a no, sometimes, sometimes it's just a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Scary stuff. That is weird, man. I've had a one of actually a kind of a nightmare story that was part of real life. Um, this was back when I was a kid. We, my dad took me and one of my buddies over to a. We got a place over in Mexico, and we still had a little pond over there that we stocked fish in it. And I was probably, oh, I bet I was about eleven or twelve. Me and my buddy were eleven or twelve. Anyway, well, we were going to go over there and camp for the night over there in eastern New Mexico. Anyway, so. We went over there, fished for the day, and got the tent all set up. And right before we all went to sleep, my dad had turned the pickup around and backed it up right close to the tent with the tailgate facing like the entry of the tent. I don't remember why he did that. But anyway, so we do that. We all go to sleep. And in the, in the middle of the night, uh, start, I wake up, and uh, I kind of hear some rustling around in the tent. And I look up, and it's my dad. And he's kind of over there fiddling with the zipper on the on the, on the the door. And um, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? It's like middle of the night, and he would never answer me. And I kind of go, hey, what are you doing? Still no answer. And 
about another 30 seconds, I just reach over and kind of touch him on the back. And my dad goes freaking ballistic and screaming, man. I didn't know what the hell to think because I'm like 11 years old. I've never seen my dad, you know, scream like that. And he's just going, just going crazy. And after about 15 or 20 seconds, I, you know, and I'm yelling at him the whole time. And the whole time through this, my buddy never wakes up, just <laughs> dead asleep. And I'm screaming at him because I finally realized, you know, he's kind of sleepwalking. So uh, anyway, screaming and yelling and all of a sudden i say wake up and he goes what it's like what were you doing it's like well i had a nightmare that the pickup was rolling over on top of us (laughs) so he was thanks for uh, so i know in my at least in my dad's dreams he's not a whole uh don't leave a soldier behind kind of guy (laughs) even if it's your 11 year old son or especially and i just happened to be sleeping on the 12 gauge too so it was a ended up being a good night for everybody but it could have been a whole lot worse so that's obviously where i get it from i've noticed or i've heard that my one of my nieces she sleepwalks and uh my oldest boy he's seven now and he uh he's been known to kind of get a little groggy and walk around but not very often so that's sleepwalking stuff man that's freaky stuff but uh, that could have been a not a nightmare that turned into a real life nightmare. So, you know, it's it's funny thing how that mind works. It's uh, I mean, listen to this podcast. I mean, listen to what we can come up with. I mean, testicle talk for real. So, Brett, you said so, Brett, you said that took place in New Mexico. That yeah, over there, uh, north of Route sixty six, Landon. Wow, that is terrifying. <laughs> you know what? You got to be a tough sob to be. You got to be a tough sob to live in the eastern New Mexico, at least. South and eastern, uh, south and mid eastern New Mexico. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, that place, I mean, that place looks that place looks hard in a good year, in a good year. So, well, hey, we've talked dreams, we've talked balls, we've talked everything under the sun, even Napoleon Dynamite. So that's our cue. We're gonna roll on out of here. We hope everybody's enjoyed this episode of the Dryline Farmer Podcast. We hope you stay with us next week. I'm sure we'll have something even more ridiculous and uh, unnerving. And uh, probably, uh, at the very least, unacceptable. So until next time, Landon, thanks for being that great co-host as always. You for having me, Brent. And until next time, we'll ask you, what side of the line are you on? The Dry Line Farmer Podcast brought to you by... Dan Bleed, the Big Lake Cattle Mart in Big Lake, Texas. You come down here and we'll bark the piss out of them cattle. The Dry Island Farmer Podcast, all rights reserved, 2018.